welcome back to another episode of JP and the Beanstalk. Oh boy. Riles, we're here. We are here. The energy is lower than usual. Oh, it's dead. We are both physically exhausted. For two different reasons. For different reasons. One of us got to go down water slides all weekend. One of us moved. One of us traveled and just recently returned. But we're present. And I tell you what, must be present to win. And so I'm just just proud of us for being here. We are here. Proud of us for bringing what energy we have. matters. And then if you're wondering, why are we on one microphone instead of two? Well, somebody, we won't name names, um, dropped it about a foot. On carpet, and apparently, microphones don't like that. I think you're going to need to embellish that story in future retellings about how you threw the microphone at a thief or some kind of a villain, right, to stop a crime, uh, striking this villain in the dome, take him to the ground. There's opportunities here. Yeah, there's possibilities, you know, or like once, once we get to the level where I can have an assistant. Right. Let's tell right. that assistant that I threw it at the last assistant, and go. that's why. Right. Yes. Right. It makes all, perfect sense. All kinds of all kinds of threats. So, <laughs> location has changed because you're moving. Mm-hmm. That's great. So we're freelancing at my place. Swag, YOLO, all those things are true. Everybody wins. Hang loose. Really? Yeah. It's, Hang. It's fantastic. Are you happy with the new place so far? So far. No ghosts. Nope. As far as we know. Okay. We'll keep them out. If there are, I will be here. Wouldn't it be great if you found out someone did get murdered in your no, new place? No. I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that. So what would you rather have? Like, hey, this oh, this house, you know, previous tenant uh, was murdered. Okay. Three options. Previous tenant was murdered. Okay. Or previous tenant committed murder. Ooh. So didn't get killed in the place, but did did commit a murder Commit in the house. one murder or multiple murders? Or multiple. It's got to be multiple. Yeah, so serial uh, killer. So you're right, right. So either the tenant was killed, so single, or tenant killed others, so use it as the home base. Uh, or um, drug den. What would you rather have? Out of those three choices. I'd probably take serial killer. Sure. Because, now here's why, Okay. If somebody was murdered in there, that means somebody knows how to get in. Yep. And I don't like the idea of somebody being able to get in. Okay. Okay. Drugs, okay. there's going to be some hidden in random places. You and then so. I'm going to get screwed well, you know, on like a random bust or something. Could be. Right. It could be. But I think, you know, the serial killer there, you know, obviously they got away with multiple murders there. Mm-hmm. So that means the place is like secure. Interesting. And therefore, I am safe. Okay. Now, are there more ghosts? Mm-hmm. Yes, because there's multiple people that died there. <laughs> but I think in the long run, I think I'm going to go with the serial killer. Okay. Yeah. I, I, don't, want, I don't want drug activity, activity to have been a thing. That's, uh, that's just a no bueno. There's going to be smells. There's going to be shady folk uh, about. Don't want that. I... Yeah, I'm all about if someone got killed in there. If if, if I, those are my three choices, I, I want someone else to have been killed in there. That's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. No problem. You can deal with a singular ghost. That's fantastic. Um. Okay. So speaking of things getting killed, uh, our hopes and dreams in Marvel TV shows has uh been, I think, officially slaughtered. Uh, we'll get we'll get into that a little bit. So you finished. You powered through Secret Invasion. Power through. Good for you. 
you shouldn't have and you did, so way to go. We'll talk a little secret invasion recap. Uh, there's a lot to discuss on that front. Whole bag of, of crud. Um, we also, on a more positive note, got to see the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. This is true. Freaking Mutant Mayhem. This is true. So there's some good things to discuss on that front. It was different. Uh, very different. Very different. Very different. We'll get into that. And then, of course, we'll do a little preview of hey, Blue Beetle is coming out in just shy of two weeks, August 18th. So there's uh, there's some excitement around that. There's other things around that, but there is some excitement around it. So great topics to hit on today. Let's finally in Negative Town with Secret Invasion. Miles, mm-hmm. I just have... One question. I don't even want to do, do I, I, do, I don't even want to do the show the dignity of giving it a, like, my own recap because okay. it would just be a waste of my breath. You just want to hit points? I just want to ask what the flip happened here. What happened? I mean, do you know? Do you have any explanation? Like, okay. what happened? I'm just going to say this. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it either. Okay. To me, it's okay. one of those shows, and this is where I where I think it shows that it's bad, is because it's just there. Like, yeah. it's not something I'm going to ever remember. I'm not going to go back and be like, oh, dude, this guy's in this. It's entirely awesome. True. I'm not going to remember anything. Yeah. And it's just going to be forgettable. Yeah. Like, it's just going to be forgettable. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, like, I don't even know what you want to talk about. I that's the I mean no that's that's an accurate assessment of it's there and and that's it. Uh, like I'm remembering a scene from one of our mutually beloved shows, New Girl, where two of the characters are having what they believe to be a uh, private conversation regarding some relatively intimate details, uh, and they are. Fairly deep into this discussion when they come to realize that a third party is in the room and the third individual turns to them and goes, I'm here and uh, heard all of it. And let's just let that be. He's just he's just trying as best he can to pretend like it never happened. That That's probably the most positive thing you can say about it is that right. it's forgettable. I think where I am... A little more spicy on the emotional side in regards to this show. Mm-hmm. I had actual expectations for this show. I did. Okay? I did too. So She-Hulk, I don't think was very well made, right? But at least I could understand while watching it, like, there's a target audience and I am not it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's trying to send a message of sorts. It's not a message for, you know, for me. So be it. So I can at least... Come to terms with it on those grounds where I can say, you know, this was never, in other words, this was never meant to be something for me to watch and, uh, and enjoy. I'm not, not the target audience here. Secret invasion. Uh, there is no matter how you choose to look at it. Okay. If you want to look at it from the comic book foundation and lore, there is a rich and deep origin for this show. I mean, secret invasion, in other words, this could be Secret Invasion season one. This doesn't need to be a six episode miniseries. Like no. this could be several seasons, all yeah. based around this concept of a scroll invasion 
of earth. Like this can be a very slow burn. This does not need to be a microwaved episode one. Hey, the scrolls, we think they're secretly trying to take over. And then by episode six, yep, the takeover has been neutered. It's done. Did not need to be that quick. So in other words, to bring it back to my original point, I had expectations for this. The comic book origin, the fact that we had an existing character in Nick Fury, who is beyond well-established as the main protagonist in this show, you know, supplemented by what we were led to believe would be Don Cheadle's War Machine, you know, Martin Freeman's Agent Ross. So some quality supporting characters that I personally am going, hey, I'd watch more of these guys, right? Uh, Some new characters as well. Gaia, the daughter of Talos, uh, Talos himself mm-hmm. is a compelling character. Um, the the British intelligence uh, agent, and, and now I'm I need to look her up because I'm forgetting her. Uh, the actresses. I'm not gonna lie to you. Never learned her name. No, <laughs> but I know she she is a well regarded actress. Not now, mind you, I've not seen her in anything right. else, so I'm not gonna pretend like hey, I know who that is. Olivia Coleman. Okay, so as Sonia Fallsworth, she was legitimately outstanding. I yeah, she was fine. Show. She was great. Um, so there were there were the supporting pieces in place. You had the main pieces in place. There were reasons, like good, legitimate reasons, to have hopeful expectations for the story. And something you said on one of our previous podcasts, as we were discussing our anticipation for the show, that I really resonated with during the marketing leading up to the release of the show was this has very winter soldier vibes the espionage right the the double crosses the red herrings the pink flamingos like all the birds it's like it, there was so much potential here and i am the target audience right? right the marvel fandom widely speaking is the target audience and for it to have been such a underwhelming story i mean there there were really really no twists of any substance like by the time that it was revealed that james rhodes was a scroll it was just obvious that something was off with roadie well so that's not how you do the reveal where he's acting out of character and then you go oh yeah he's a green guy it's like well, we saw that coming like you need to have Rhodes, James Rhodes being on brand for several episodes, and then you reveal that he's a scroll. Well, it was just so I think I think there were no surprises here. Well, right. I think and I think the twists were poorly executed across the board. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. I I well, I think of Rhodey mainly. Like they don't even like right? hint at it. It's just one episode, he's talking to Nick Fury's wife, and it's oh. And that's it. And then it's like, oh, yeah, no, you need to go kill him now. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Like, that's how you're going to drop that? Like, it was just nonchalant, casual. Like, there's no surprise. Right. Right? You had that. You had the Nick Fury's wife being a scroll. The, the way they left that episode off, he didn't know. So I thought he didn't know. So how crazy would have that been if he didn't know? And then you have a whole other thing. And then the next episode, it's like, oh, no, he knew the entire time. I'm like... Right. Why did you set it up like that? Right. Why why did you leave because, this, this doubt? Right, because yeah. she switched immediately. So yeah. I'm like, oh, he doesn't 
No. You didn't even have that thought, but you're you're absolutely correct. And and then yeah. it gets to the point where it's like that would have been a cooler twist. Oh, for sure. Right? Nick Fury, super spy, like is duped by a scroll? For sure. And then like, you know, when Gaia turns out to be Nick Fury at the end, like when it gets to that point, you're like, I see it coming. Right. Like that it's definitely not Nick Fury. You're like, there's right. no way. Right. Like, she's selling it really good, but that's not Right, she's selling it. Apparently, the only one that doesn't know, that isn't aware, is, you know, old Gravik himself. It's like, hey, bud, you know, right. read the signs. This is clearly not your but, boy, Nick Fury. But yeah, I just think of it like that. It's, it's all the turns weren't executed at all. It was They were more just stops. Right. The turns weren't legitimate turns. They were more like a gentle merge into a... Right path that you can see coming, right? With a hundred, you know, a hundred feet of of space going at 25 miles an hour. It's like, man, if you don't figure this out, this is tough for you. And I feel this is really tough. Well, that and then the deaths weren't meaningful. Oh, absolutely. The death the, the deaths were just like necessary, I felt like. They just were like, okay, we need to get rid they're of so cheap. Right. They're like, we need to get rid of Ben Mendelssohn yep. for some reason. And why? He was he was phenomenal. He was easily the best, best part, part of the, the show. show. No question. Him and Nick Fury's dynamic, perfect. Oh. And then, uh, can I just say real quick, his accent, it's incredible. It's great. Accent. Not a, here's what's incredible about it. It sounds phenomenal, which is the key to any great accent. And yet you can't tell me, oh, it's this nation of origins accent. He created, when Mendelssohn created a freaking Scroll accent is wild to me. That is talent at a level that I can't, I can barely imitate an Australian accent. And even then, not well. And this guy goes out and just drops his own, creates a scroll accent. Nobody else can touch it, right? Nobody else that's playing a scroll is speaking in this accent. That just tells you how individually outstanding that was. So just. Big hype. I had to bounce well, his way. And look, I am not the biggest Maria Hill fan no. by any means. In fact, in the comics, well, I think, character's tough. I think yeah, she's not a, a good one. I think she's a bitch, to be honest with yeah, you. But she's written that way constantly. In well, the that, and that's how she's supposed to be. Correct. Honestly, that's kind of just her personality. Mm-hmm. But her death in this, I'm like, I okay. could. I, well, first of all, I couldn't believe they did it in the first episode. I'm like, what? You're doing this in the first episode? Why? I'm guessing she just wanted to be done being Maria Hill, would be my guess. And like, why don't we just kill you off in that show? Well, and part of what's wild, like, you think about there's so much in that, just that one instance is such a good example of all the missed opportunity in this show. Prior movies, right? So, Spider Man, Far From Home, okay? You have Talos and his wife, and now I'm, gosh, I'm blanking on her name, but they are impersonating Nick Fury and Maria Hill, mm-hmm. right? So how much more powerful would it have been if instead of Talos's wife dying off screen before we even get to the start of episode one, what if she's still alive? She's still impersonating Maria Hill, and she gets killed by Gravik. That's more powerful than the legit Maria Hill dying, well, right? And like, I understand the story goes, well, we, we're trying, Gravik's trying to frame Nick Fury as having killed Maria Hill. But even that is so freaking thin. Like, anybody that knows Nick Fury 
right, is going to go, no, he would not do that. Why would he just up and kill Maria Hill? Right? It's, it's, it's so thin. So thin. It's just, I guess, I, I, obviously they wanted her to be a tone setter. Of like, oh, people can die here. But at the same time, oh. it's like, we didn't have enough time with her in a long time anyways for this to feel terrible. So they should have given her at least... It felt uncomfortable, but it didn't feel like meaningful so. in the sense of, hey, this is a character we they got a lot of invested mileage with. For me, it was like, oh, she's gone. That was it. But like, if yeah. they if they give her like three episodes, yep. really remind us there you go. Yep. of her presence. Yep. Maybe that hits a little harder. Yeah, one episode is not nearly enough. I was just Not so confused. Yep. No, I, I totally agree. And the foundational premise of the show, right, which is this retcon of, hey, Nick Fury, back when he encountered the Skrulls during the events that introduced us to Captain Marvel in the 90s, partners with the Skrulls in this altruistic, like, gesture of goodwill to say, hey, I'm going to find you guys a home. That that's just like why, why would he do that? I understand why he would want to use the scrolls in his espionage. That makes great sense. But what? Why is he wanting to find them a home? And oh my gosh, like you're you're seriously telling me thirty years have passed and he didn't succeed? Like the whole freaking galaxy is enormous, and the legitimate conclusion is. You know what, guys? There's actually nothing for you. That's nonsense. And another missed opportunity. It would have mattered so much more to the scrolls if they had discovered that Nick Fury had discovered, let's say, a dozen potential home worlds for the scrolls. But the scrolls have become so valuable to him in his rising up the shield ranks that he's going, well, uh, I know I made this deal with them, but I really don't want to tell them. Then they're going to leave. And they're going to go resettle on this planet, and now I lose my best my best spies, right? There's, there's a good premise. And now the scrolls they discover this. Like, let's say Gravik had discovered this in working with Fury. Fury's telling the scrolls, hey, we still haven't found anything, still haven't found anything. And the reality is, no, Fury has, but because he's more committed to his career as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, to eventually taking over S.H.I.E.L.D., to the good and the betterment of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's going, hey, for the greater good, I actually need these guys to stay on my side. He has withheld that information. There's actual tension, right? right? There's actual reason now for Gravik and other scrolls to turn against Nick Fury because he has essentially held them back on Earth. There's reason for them to turn against him, to turn against Earth. Instead, it's just a... We're supposed to believe that this man with all these resources and Captain Marvel just a pager button away legitimately can't find another world. You can't, like, I don't buy that premise. You can't tell me that on the one hand, this universe is expansive and, you know, relatively speaking, infinite with massively just lavish and wide varieties of worlds, but no, we actually can't find anything for the scrolls. Kidding me? Why that? The premise was just so, just again, thin, cheap, and the whole idea of Fury doing something altruistic. Maybe I'm not remembering Captain Marvel as a movie very well, but 
why? Why would he? I, I get it only from the perspective of, hey, the scrolls are outstandingly valuable in terms of espionage. Great. Makes sense. But they were trying to show Fury as this, like, gentle, peace-loving. It's like, that's not who this guy is. That's not who we've seen him to be. Like, so don't don't try and retcon that crap. And the whole, well, then he falls in love with the scroll. Just, Spare me. And again, to your point, which is great. Hey, it makes a lot more sense if you actually got duped, right? right? That's cool. That's, ooh, there's a twist. There's something you didn't see coming. His wife is a scroll. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. And then, like, looking back now, too, after watching the whole thing, I felt like it was just, like, setting up the next couple of movies. It was, like, filler. And it sets up the next three. The, or, best. like, for instance, yeah, like, Rhodey. Coming back, first of all, we don't even know oh, how long gosh. he's been gone. Oh my god! They don't even say how long he's been gone. No. He just gets carried out. No. So, like, what did he all miss? Is what I'm curious about, right? So you have Rhodey right. getting set up for Armor Wars, and it's he's pretty much just be like, um, I've been gone a while. What's been happening under mm-hmm. my stead? Uh, and then the president saying, "Let's kill all the scrolls, no matter what. Let's just kill them." And then. <laughs> like that sets up, rash. That that sets up Captain America four because Thunderbolt Ross is going to be the new president, so that guy's out. Yep. And then yep. literally the other one was, hey, there's going to be a free uh, scroll peace treaty going on. That's Captain Marvel two. So like it's it. It's all that it, it feels like it yep. was. And like they even said, like, hey, there are two. How many? Two million. Scrolls on the planet, something like that, just living amongst right, them. Between one and two million. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And they found all those bodies, and it doesn't even matter. No. Like, they didn't make that matter. That was the end, like, the end scene. And you're like, oh, hey, here's all these people that are missing. Well, and just the whole, it is so poorly thought through. Because then you, they didn't even explain, the, hey, here's how... We were able, the trolls, I mean, were able to unwrap the, I mean, enormous, enormous challenge of, oh, all we need is someone's DNA, and now we can replicate their powers exactly. I'm sorry, but in this same universe, uh, no one was able to accurately replicate super soldier serum. From the 1940s, in fact, Bruce Banner tried and hulked out instead, and yet the human scientist that the scrolls kidnap was able to go, hey, if you give me a drop of Captain Marvel's blood, I can give you Captain Marvel's powers. Time out. Time out. Okay. That was too easy. Like, that was just too easy. Too cheap. Here's my, here's my question, though. Was it, was it all the, that doctor specific? Because I know she was a scroll. Well, so it starts sc- with this. It starts with the human doctor. She gets impersonated by a scroll. So I, I, I don't know. That, that's the other part that wasn't explained very well. Was it the human doctor that had made these discoveries, or was it the scroll who was impersonating the human doctor for? Using, but for what purpose? We don't know. Whatever knowledge she has. Yeah. Why, why impersonate the doctor? Right. Right. Access like, to technology. We were led to believe that this doctor is a really critical individual, but we didn't learn anything 
of note right. about her. It's like if you're the scroll and you can figure it out on your own, why are you impersonating a doctor? Sure as heck isn't for the great equipment access because you're hanging out in freaking nuclear barren Russia. So what's up? Like that was just way too, way too thin, way too easy. And so it, it cheapens. It's kind of like secondhand smoke. All of a sudden it cheapens all of the abilities these characters have where it's like, hey, each dubs scrolls figured it out. And so they can just uh, turn themselves into all of these super beings at once. And so now you have Gaia, who is infinitely amazing. Oh, yeah. She's just stud now. Right. She's infinitely like the match, if not superior to any anybody just like that. Way too quick. And you talk about a waste. What a grief. Like you have Amelia Clark. Phenomenal actress. Phenomenal actress. You didn't give her anything to do. Oh, and to be honest, they didn't even really give her and her dad closure either. No, no, they did not. It's kind of just a bummer. Like she literally picks him up dead and she's like, well, he's gone. That's tough. Well, moving on. But like, it would be even cool just to see like, Scrolls going to like past battles and then collecting the DNA. You don't even get any of that. Right? The like, flashback opportunities. Like, you know how cool it would be? Like, Battle of New York, you have a guy impersonating like you know, a police officer or construction worker picking up DNA real quick mm-hmm. and then dipping out. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're able to see, I mean, good grief. In Spider-Man Homecoming, we're given a relatively brief flashback scene to show, hey, Battle of New York. Here is, uh, you know, here's Adrian Coombs uh, collecting material from the Chitauri. Right. You can't do that with the freaking scrolls collecting DNA? Apparently. That, that concept is so cool because then it's like, oh, well, we just need to stop them from getting more DNA. You know? Mm-hmm. Imagine if they had one... That they didn't have access to. Like, let's say they were trying to go for Tony Starks or something. And then that's when you had Rhodey come into play. Like, not that they need Tony Stark's DNA necessarily, but, you know. Right, right. You know what I mean. And and even that, I didn't feel like that premise was very well fleshed out either of why is Nick Fury interested in gathering their DNA? Like, does he have scientists that are doing better than every other scientist since they tried to figure out how Steve Rogers became Captain America? And on top of that. Otherwise, what are you doing to stuff? What are you doing? On top of that, it's in one vial. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That There's, like, not, there's not a separate vial for each one? I'm not a scientist, nor do I play one on TV, but I know that doesn't hey, work. Hey, I know that doesn't work. I watched the Ninja Turtle movie, and each <laughs> mutant had their own separate tomb. What am I to believe? <laughs> I just that's that's what bothered me about that. I'm like, hold on, that can't be perfect. No, that if Ray Filet, Bebop, and Rocksteady are in three separate tubes, don't tell me you can put all the adventures in not just one, but an incredibly smaller file. Get your freaking facts straight. It was it, it was just such a such a bummer. And, and here is the question that that I'm that comes up for me then is this and i hope the answer is yes i hope so i hope it doesn't get lower is this the low point this is as low as i have personally felt in regards to the marvel what has come most recently and what is 
to come in some time. And so I'm really hoping this is it. This is the low point so that we can start seeing a rebound. So I do have a follow-up question. So the first question is, is this the low point? And then trying to come back from that ledge, is there a way for Marvel? Like, is there a path forward for Marvel to get off of the mat? Because they're down. They're on the mat. Why would someone consume their content right now? It has been four years since Avengers Endgame. That's a long freaking time. And in that span, what have they built to keep bringing people in? There's been a lot of, there's been a lot of this, a lot of, hey, remember this character? Remember Nick Fury? Remember Hawkeye? Remember Wanda? Remember Loki? Remember all these characters? Hey, we're doing things with them. Okay. There's also been attempts to build new, to build fresh. I don't know what they have four years later. I personally, I think Marvel's dead. I think Marvel's dead. Because look, the only thing I'm excited coming out for Marvel anytime soon is the new Deadpool that's in production. I am excited for Loki season two. Yep. I think that's it. Yep. Until they announce another Spider-Man movie. I'm honestly, I'm more excited about Kraven the Hunter than I am for the Marvels. I don't know what that says about me, but I'm like, I'm kind of just done, which I never thought I'd say. Wow. But it's right. like, like, seriously, like, what else? Like, I'm not... Why would you keep giving your time to this? Well, I'm not super excited about Captain America 4. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not. No, nor am I. Like, if Bucky's not there, I don't really care. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to be. Like, yeah. I don't know. I I, th- I think the only turning point... I'll be, I'll be interested to see where Loki Season 2 goes right. and finishes. Right. But I think, to me, the only turning point is, hey, you better... You better be bop, dropping a bomb cast for Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Your Fantastic Four cast, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you need some blockbuster people in there. Yep. You can maybe get away with a no name for Johnny, but the rest, your Reed Richards and your Sue Storm, they need to be like blockbuster hits, yep. in my opinion. Yep. And then your Doctor Doom better be out of this world. So to me, that's where that's at. And if you're fan, if, if they even miss with the casting on Fantastic Four, they're done. Yep, that's my opinion. They're done. But I think the only saving grace for Marvel to even get close to getting back into the race, they either need to a get a new creative direction entirely, or b when Secret Wars comes out and wraps up and is done, they need to do a soft reboot. Mm-hmm. It needs to happen mm-hmm. because when you don't have key characters. You don't have your Iron Man. You don't have your Captain America. Yeah. We talked about this last episode. You haven't established anybody. No. And you're doing a poor job at trying to establish people. Right. Right? They tried to establish She-Hulk. Failed. They tried to establish Hawkeye. Failed. And I'm not... not right. Kate, Bishop. Kate Bishop, okay. Hawkeye. Correct. Like, the only, like, promising successors, I would say, is probably Yelena... I like her character genuinely. I think yep. it's the only good thing that came out of the Black Widow movie. Yep. And the only good thing that came out of Hawkeye yep. was her character. Agreed. And then, I mean, who else is there? Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll give Sam Wilson credit. I don't mind him as the next Captain America. I, I think agree. he's fine. I enjoy the character of Sam Wilson, but he's not new. 
No. Right? Like he's a carryover from your original. He's been established. Yep. He's been there for a while. Exactly. To me, Shang-Chi, like that was solid. It wasn't tremendous, but it was far from bad. Bad. Like it was good. It was entertaining. New character, new, you know, very new. Like there was what was the the only carryover was what the the fake Mandarin, right? Which they still could have just they left They should that. have left it dead. Oh, they should have. But that was a good movie. Like, as far as origin stories for a new character goes, that was solid. Like, I would agree. That truly does stand on its own on its own merit. But the Eternals, like, that was a swing and a miss. Uh, there's not a single character from that that we're going, hey, let's, let's have more. Right? And the only one that I even semi-cared about died. Yep. Richard yep. Madden is the one that I was like, Super pumped to see, yeah. and they just Holy killed him off. And he was straight into the freaking sun. And Never then, saw that coming. That, and then Kit Harrington, they haven't done anything with his character. Yeah. It's like, what, yeah. what are you sitting on? Yeah. It's a perfect casting. Yeah, they are. I don't disagree. They are, they're really close to just needing to go, you know what? Okay. Yep, we me- we've messed up here. We're going to do a reboot. They're, they're really close to that point. Only thing that's keeping them from being there is you mentioned Fantastic Four. They're still out there. And the X-Men are still out there. They still have outstanding characters accessible, available. But but I don't have faith that they're going to do it well at this stage. Well, I don't. And my thing is, I think they're waiting till after Secret Wars anyways. Oh, boy. Yikes. I think and what Secret Wars release date? 25? 26? 26. I got pushed back. But here's the thing. Think about it. We're not getting mutants until Deadpool 3, right? Wolverine. So whatever happens at the end of the movie is what's going to set it up. Sure. So to me, I think if you really want to send Secret Wars off with with an end, like you have the Fox universe as its own separate universe. They are a part of the Secret Wars. And then you end it with a big... And then a reset, and mutants were there from the beginning, like like how they kind of like how they did that with the ultimate and the regular, and then Miles Morales was just part of the six one six. Now that's what they need to do sure, in the comics. That, yeah. That's what they need to do. Yeah. And then everyone that died, everyone's back to being free play. Yep, that's how I think it should be done. Yeah, right now Fantastic Four is set for a twenty twenty five release. And Kang Dynasty, Avengers Kang Dynasty 2026, and Avengers Secret Wars 2027. I, I, I think that's too long to wait. Oh, I agree. Yeah. But it's they're not going to wait. Or they're going to wait. They're going to wait. Yeah. It's, it's sad because of what has come, like where the expectations have realistically been set by what was accomplished. And so knowing what is achievable, what is attainable, uh, and then to see what has come in the aftermath, it, it's becoming really brutal. And the best movies that have come since Endgame have been movies that have had carryover right. from the Infinity War saga. Spider-Man No Way Home, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 are the two absolute top I, of that list, right? right. I mean, and I would probably throw in... I mean, Doctor Strange 2 wasn't a terrible sequel. I would... Passable. I would, yep. I would throw in Black Panther 2. Yep. That was... 
That was that was, was good. still it pretty bad, good. It was good. That's still pretty good for what they what they had. To had. With. Yep. Yep. Like, I mean, outside of that though. Yep. And obviously, the first three shows. Correct. They, yep. I think they just took their time with it. Loki won. Well, and that's the other the other factor here is the amount of time. Now, I got to give some props to. There's a YouTube channel called New Rock Stars. They put out phenomenal content. And one of their uh, primary content creators, I was watching one of his videos. And in 2019, okay, when Marvel, you know, Endgame gets released and Marvel's doing in that two to three movies a year range, they had approximately seven and a half hours worth of content overall for the span of three movies. Okay. Fast forward to 2021, and there's a little bit of, you know, carry over because of 2020 kind of delaying with COVID content with COVID. But in 2021, there's 34, almost 35 hours of content. And okay, so a little bit of COVID, but it levels off, so to speak, right. at 22 hours of content in 2022. It's too much. That's you're tripling your content level. That that is. That's too much. And so you've tripled the workload and you've seen it in I think in every respect in terms of the storytelling has not been as tight and cohesive. The It's hard not to overuse this word, but the cohesion between your properties, between your stories or movies and shows has waned, has gotten more and more thin. And even the freaking CGI, the tangible visual objective, does this look good or does it not? Oof. It is getting worse. How is it getting worse? It should be the opposite of that. It should be improving. And it's going the other direction. And so that to me, there, there's two big pieces. One is they've got to throttle way back. And by way back, I mean, hold the damn plug on Agatha Coven of Darkness. Don't release that. That's not going to be good. It's not. Especially if it's a musical. Hold, oh my gosh. Pull the plug on it. Pull the plug on it. Echo, I don't know where you're at with Daredevil, Born Again, but don't microwave that. You need to push that back. Please do. Because that's a character. There's your opportunity for a core character, right? There's there's someone that could be a part of your core Avenger group. You have to get that right. So take your time. And then... Gosh, so throttle back, hit that, have that eight hour of content. Like, let that be your goal. So it's either two movies in one show, or it's three movies, or it's one movie in two shows. But just know that you don't have to, like, you're going to destroy yourself through this mass of content. You're not actually capturing more audience. You're not capturing more dollars. You're losing it in the long run because you're spending more to create all this content. So you have to get this return that is exponentially greater. You're not getting that. Like you're going to get our money if you throttle back and do that eight-ish hour. Let that be your, your threshold, right? And then the second thing you have to do is stop dinking around with all of these B and C level comic characters. Give us some doggone A-listers and then supplement it with with the B and the C listers. Like, yes, they are still worthwhile characters, 
but they've been B and C listers for decades for a reason. And if you're going to pull those out of your keister, you better find a James Gunn that can take the Guardians of the Galaxy and turn it into a worthwhile story because most people can't do that. No. Instead, you get what you got with Moon Knight where it's like, that's a good character. That, that should have some, some worthwhile, you know, a, a worthwhile story to tell. It doesn't. She-Hulk, worthwhile character. Still not a good story to tell. Those are B-list characters they are. that could be A-list could, if done right. correctly. Absolutely, they could be. But you've got to tell good stories, and that takes time. You can't rush that. So to me, those are the two. There's an opportunity, but I also don't trust that it's going to happen. But someone, and it's going to have to take whoever's at the top to go, we have to fundamentally get back to what we know works, which is doing less and doing it well. Because that was part of what was so just worthwhile and you could cherish so deeply is that you made as a fan to consume the content it was so worthwhile because you were rewarded with what was obviously crafted with great care and that interconnectivity was unprecedented. And now they're expanding without the without the connectivity and man, it's crumbling. Well oh. I my, I guess my only thing to go with that and then we can move on. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think if they're gonna continue to do TV shows, I think they yep. need to make it a TV show. Because to me right now, it just feels like it's been a long extended movie that they cut into six pieces and call it a day. Like WandaVision and Loki Mm -hmm. felt like a TV show, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like either stick to movies Mm -hmm. or actually take your time and give us 10 episodes of of a show. That's what the minimum should be. It should be 10 episodes, minimum to maximum, right? 10 episodes per season. Instead of this, let's rush it into six. Because I think think even with Loki, we're like, you could have expanded this out another two episodes. Correct. So, I mean, what, WandaVision was the only one with nine? Yep. I think the rest were all six. Yep. Like... Take your time, flesh those characters out, especially when it's like these B-list, C-list, like yep. flesh them out, build their world, take your time, yep. make me care. Yep. I, I can't care about Dan- Daenerys Targaryen mm-hmm. as a scroll mm-hmm. in six episodes right. in a total of probably an hour with the character. Yeah, you don't have an Spread excuse out. in a TV show to go, well, that felt rushed. There's no excuse for that. There's just not. No. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. Hard to feel optimistic. Uh, there, yeah, there, there's not enough evidence uh, to feel optimistic. So it's uh, times in the morning. Okay. Let's move on to, to something, uh, relatively speaking, more positive. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. Who went and saw it? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um... Riley, what'd you think? I think it was different. It was different, wasn't it? I, you know, I, I, I talked a little bit sold about it. Yes. Because I was like, I didn't know how to feel after coming out of that movie. Sure. Because I'm like, sure. it just doesn't feel like my turtles. And maybe it's not supposed to be my turtles. Yep. This is probably for yep. your kids' generations, <laughs> right? But like. Yeah, I totally get that. First of all, there are a couple scenes where I'm like, Ugh. Okay, there are a couple gross scenes, right? 
Number one, April O'Neil puking her guts out. No unnecessarily. Felt like that was from a Family Guy episode. I was just way too in-depth. Right. Okay. Right. And number two, never in my life having this sitting down and having this conversation with you, would I think that Master Splinter would be going on a makeout sesh with a mutant bug not once, but twice. Yes. What is that? Yeah, we had the double dip there for some reason. That was disgusting. Logically, that doesn't make sense. No. Okay. No. I'm going to be honest. I like my Ninja Turtles when there is no love interest involved. Okay. <laughs> they have no business. They're mutant turtles. Right. Right. I don't, I don't need Donatello to fall in love, or in this case, Leonardo to fall in love with a human girl. No. No, it should be. Listen, if they're genuinely teenagers, here's what it should be. Okay, it could be like what every real prom is. Not what they show in movies and TV shows, what real prom is, which is, yes, okay, the guy has the date that they take to the prom. The guy and the girl go to the prom together. But then as soon as they get there, you know what happens? Segmentation. <laughs> the guys are hanging out. A couple of them are dancing with girls, I guess. But for the most part, it's a bunch of dudes hanging out going, so when's the post-prom start? Right, because you're teenage guys. Like you're, you should be hanging out with each other. You should be having fun with each other. And same with the teenage girls. Like there's just, there's not a lot to to really do when you're hanging out other than things that are foolish. So, yeah, the teenage mutant ninja turtles should be broing out. Yeah, I guess. Well, and for me too, when I looked at it this way, they really focused hard on the teenage aspect. Which is great. I agree. I think that was a strength. I, I think it was a strength. Right. Yeah. But I think they didn't involve the ninja part very much at all. Right. I feel like they took away from the ninja part. Like, Master Splinter, they neutered, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, he was just a street rat, and then that was it, and they learned ninjutsu. And it wasn't even ninjutsu. It was martial arts. They learned martial arts from a training video. It was too thin. I was it like, was, it was too thin. It was there for the laughs, not for. It was just anything else. I was just confused. Like, don't get me wrong. The dynamic between Splinter and the Turtles felt like an actual father father son relationship. I, movie. I, I felt so bad for Splinter when they just were like, "Yeah, we're gonna dip." Mm-hmm. But they could not understand their obsession for wanting to be in school. Yeah, no kid wants to be in school. <laughs> Right? You think about it a little bit more and you're going, well, okay, it makes sense from a, like, I I can latch on to that from a, okay, we feel isolated, we feel ostracized. Okay, there, there's, I, I can empathize, I can relate, anybody can relate to that. But when it comes to the, well, we want to go to school, it's like, time out. Wait a minute. If you're a teenager and you're not going to school and instead you get to be a freaking ninja and beat up bad guys and roam around that's pretty great like why why would you not want that right like so when the movie ends and it's kind of this pinnacle of hey now we're going to high school yay it's like really that should have been that that should have happened earlier in the movie and then they go well wait a minute no this sucks let's go let's go back to the school this is terrible. This is what we wanted. Let's go back to being full-time ninjas. But they they literally took away the ninja aspect because it's like, yeah. oh, they're in public. 
Everybody's seen them now. They know they exist. And then it's just... You yeah. just didn't get that part. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm very much aligned with you here in the sense that this was not... This is not the turtles that I... This is not our turtles. No. Right? No. And so I can... I can be okay with it in the sense that, you know what, if I do want my turtles, those shows and movies are always accessible. To right. Me, right. They've come out. I've seen them. So I get it in the sense of, I can always go back and watch that. So this isn't ruining turtles for me. Right. It's a different take. Okay, cool. So I'll watch it with my kids. Maybe it'll be their turtles and so be it. So I, I've always got my turtles. It's its own interpretation. So I don't mind that in general. But inevitably, there's going to be aspects where they took this a little too far. Like they made Splinter out to be too much of a goof. It's like the dude is a mentor, right? He's not a moron. He's dad. He's dad. He's a mentor. But because Seth Rogen is an idiot and probably has freaking daddy issues, he's like, well, we got to make dad a moron. I can't stand Seth Rogen. I can't. Like that. This is new for me. Yeah, I got this you. is enjoyable. What a jeez! I, I got to be careful. I have nothing positive to say. Nothing positive to say about the guy. He's such a moron. Like when when the scene with April O'Neil like puking doesn't end and she just keeps puking. It's like that is all Seth Rogen driven. That's all him going. Hey, this would be freaking hilarious. That's just too much. It is. It was too much. You could have just. It is. Someone needs to step in and go. Hey, okay, she pukes. We get it. The initial one? Right. Fine. Initial, right. and then it was just, oh, like it was launching out of her mouth. I'm like, right. that's not what even like. Doing? What are we doing here at this point? This is, this is foolishness. And this then, isn't even funny. This is just gross. It was disgusting. But it's totally on brand for Seth Rogen and who he is. He's a gross humor kind of guy. And so I, I'm not excited. Objectively, I'm not excited about him being the caretaker. Of right, the Ninja Turtles. Right. It's like, eh, I'm, I'm probably, as these movies go on, the other thing that didn't sit well with me, I mean, yeah, the, the freaking splinter making out with a cockroach. It's like, that 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 made me. Same, the same brand as the puke humor. That was just, just gross. I was I was grossed out. I'm like, it's just disgusting. And also, why? As you it, like to ask, why? It's, it's a kid's movie. It's like, not needed. No, no one wants to see, no adult nor child wants to see a rat making out the cockroach. And I'd like to know who thought that's funny. Because if you think it's funny, keep your distance, right? Like, we're, we're not pals, all right? You do you, boo-boo, but we are not, we're not buds here. I don't think there's a person outside of Seth Rogen while he's smoking pot that thinks that's funny. But that's not, like, objectively, that's just dumb. That's not actually funny, okay? So I'm not on board with that. And then the the thing that probably messed with, me, messed with me the most, I can understand, okay, Turtles and the other mutants align with taking down Superfly. Okay. But this is where it's really hard for me. Bebop and Rocksteady doing in the sewers living with Master Splinter. All of them were. Right? They're all there. Ray Filet. By the way, no idea who Ray Filet is. Nope. New bad guy, I assume. Or uh, no, I think he's from the, the original cartoon. Really? I think so. I think, mo- I think most, if not all of those mutants are from the original cartoon. Fun okay. fact. I, I, could, I, I don't I know. I haven't else. seen the original cartoon. I could cartoon. point out quite a few of them, but Ray Filet is not one that I 
that I can. I don't think he was always a stingray. I think I think he might have been like a fish. Sure. Regardless, that combined that ending with all the who are supposed to be the antagonists, like the classic turtle antagonists in the sewers, living with Master Splinter and the turtles, and then the turtles like pinnacle the conclusion of the movie being, "Hey, the turtles are going to high school! Yay!" No, that just that just felt. That was I could not embrace that and go, hey, this is different, and I can I can get on board with that. This is different, and I'm going. Please tell me they have a plan to get all the bad guys out of the sewers so the turtles can fight Bebop and Rocksteady. Because I that just was. A, I think. What are we doing? I think that's one thing that bothered me is like. First of all, I think Superfly Ice Cube nailed it. Yes. I thought he was awesome. He was great. He was the casting was terrific. Was as, right. we, as we expected, it was great. Jackie Chan and Splinter, fantastic. Yep. I thought it was really thin how quick they switched sides. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, mm-hmm. you guys don't want to kill all these people. And they're like, you're right. We don't want to kill these We've people. We've never thought of that. It's you like, know what? Brilliant idea. We're with these guys now. You bonded with your brother for 15 years, and you're like, no. This guy's actually been crazy this whole time. That was thin for me. But I think, no, like we said, great voice cast. I think what happened was, because there were a couple people that I thought were underutilized. I think Bebop and Rocksteady, prime example. Correct. I think... uh, I think one of the main ones, and this one pisses me off, Juan Carlo Desposito is, totally is the perfect casting for Baxter Stockman, and we got two minutes with him. They freaking killed the guy. Well, did did he actually die? That's, that's what we're led to believe. Yes. That's what they said, like, murdered, dead, killed. I was like, what? Perfect cast. I, I know. I talked last I episode so long about how perfect he was. And how I wanted him to play live action Baxter Stockman. Still correct. Yeah. Why? Nope. It doesn't make sense. Nope. It's perfect. And nope. I feel bad. I feel like he got gypped. He did, he did get gypped. Because he did. But I don't know. Well, and I think what bothered me with Splinter's backstory, too. So, uh, just to jump Do back it. onto that. Do it. Shredder's coming. Correct. And the whole thing with why there's so anim- much animosity between the two is because of Splinter. Mm-hmm. And so now that he's just, mm-hmm. right now, unless they retcon it in the second one, which they might, but probably won't, like, there's no reason that you took away all the tension. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, there's no connection. Do I want to see Shredder? Between Splinter and Shredder. Yeah. Which I did like that there wasn't even a hint of Shredder in this movie. Apparently there was a mid credit scene with the Shredder. We we didn't stay long enough for. Huh, it. Okay, well that's on us. Uh, I didn't really care that. I didn't either. I was like, I'll see it on. I didn't either. Right. Like this is a Marvel. This movie. Is what YouTube's for? Even at Marvel anymore, I'm like, do I want to stay the rest of it? It's a great question. Uh, the answer is now no. Uh, but I, I, as far as different goes, that means a hit where it's like, yeah, leave leave Shredder out of this. Let's establish all these other characters. Spend time with them. It was just as point where it ended. So I I was on board with. The introduction of the characters with the established, you know, they're fleshing these characters out a little bit. You're getting more time with these characters than you would if Shredder was hovering over everything, right? But then the the conclusion of, they're all buds, all mutant pals. 
Brilliant. That that was just not great. Now the style, I love the animation style. It was, it was a great looking movie. It was fantastic. It's fantastic. It and was. I think I think they really nailed the brotherhood of the turtles. Yes. Like them yes. giving each other crap. Yep. And like I, th- I thought that was yeah, well. The dynamic executed. between the four characters was tremendous. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So there, there's there's plenty of strengths, plenty of positives. We're probably spending, you know, we're feeling a little too negative. Probably spending a little too much time in negative town. Um, but it's not it, it's not inaccurate to say, hey, this was really different than the turtles that we've come to know and expect. I'm hopeful though. Like there's enough positives there to for me to be optimistic about selfishly i would just love it if seth rogan would just get out and somebody else would take on the mantle the guy is just he's such a dill hole i'm just not a seth rogan guy so sorry fair enough sorry it's that's fair, where, fair enough that's man at. but i'm probably probably shortchanging him a little bit the casting choices were outstanding again the age of the turtles was great the dynamic between the Turtles and Splinter was great. So there's a lot of good things to work with. There's plenty There's plenty of time, in other words, for them to go, hey, here's the second movie, third, fourth, and beyond, and for me to come back to this one and feel probably better about it overall oh, for sure. than I do. I, I'll say this, and then we can we can move on. But also, one thing I thought about was, like, there was not a good-looking human being. Oh, they were all ugly. They were all gross. They were ugly. They were like, yep. you guys. Faces for radio. We're no. podcasting. Just... <laughs> it was just like, like I mean, I think this is the intention on purpose, but I was like, these guys all like, please turn the world into mutants so that we can get something better than this, not, or at least have a reason for why they're all not a good looking human. Yeah, not even the like, not even the ones we spent time with. I'm like, oh, looker, none of them. It's like I was so confused. We didn't want to see any of them again. No, very tough, very tough. Okay, let's try and say positive. Blue Beetle. It's coming out I'm August 18th. I'm actually dude. You're excited. Tell me why you're excited. I'm glad you're excited. Because it looks good. Yeah. It it looks like it's gonna be it, it, it's giving me a weird connection. But like okay. I remember going into the Mario movie and like okay. afterwards just being like, it's a good time. Mm. I don't have to get fully super invested in things. Sure, sure. And it was just a fun yep. movie. It was good. This seems good. like a fun action movie. Because mm-hmm. like I go in, I can watch him. Shoot guns, cut things, and just blow stuff up, and I'm gonna like it. Yep. And George Lopez is there, so it's like two for two as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. So I'm super, I'm super pumped about that. Yep. I will. I'm just curious what they're gonna do with it. Yep. So I'm, and I'm excited though. Yeah, I think it's gonna be good. Great, looks great. Yeah, this feels very Reverse Flash to me. Oh yeah, because you're very excited. I'm very lukewarm on it. And I would love to be excited about it. So I hope that I go into it and that I'm blown away, Riles. Well, how much Blue Beetle have you had? Oh, very little. Yeah. Very, very little. Um, so maybe that's a, why my hype train's a little bit And, and that's higher. fair. And that's fair because you've had time with Jaime. The only time that I've had uh, with Blue Beetle, and, and I think it's Jaime, because Ted Cord has died at this point in DC Comics. Uh, early 2000s, there was uh, a comics event called Infinite Crisis where Blue Beetle was a very critical character. But I think this was the introduction of Jaime's uh, character. And so it was good. It was worthwhile. Um, but I, I have, that is, I think, literally the only comic that I've read that has had Blue Beetle in it. And I have not seen animated shows or films that featured Blue Beetle in general or Jaime Garcia in right. particular. 
I'm. Did I say Jaime Garcia again? Yeah, you're Incredible. bad. You're bad wow. Reyes. Wow. Uh, what a racist. But uh, for me, it's she's like every time I I am curious because I've never seen him be the like I've seen him be like a focal point, I guess, but I've never seen him be the main, main, main guy. Yeah. Right. Like all the stuff I've seen him in, he's supplementary. Like right. Young Justice, he does have play a very important part in plot. Yeah. Like everything else I've had him in, it's like he's there and he's great, but he's not like the star of the show. Sure. So I'm curious sure. to see how that primary. goes. I think yeah, it'll be fine. Tough. I think it'll be good, but that's where I'm Do we have a runtime on this? I probably. I have not looked it up. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick peek. I'm going to guess two hours. So we got. Yeah, just a shade over two. Okay. Look at me. Okay. Look at I me. I feel better about that. I think that's perfect. If it was closer to the 90 minute mark, I'd be worried. Golly, I hope we get a nice guy, Ted Court. That'd be just great. Mm hmm. Like, if he's just a genuinely just, like, a nice dude. Yep. Ted Cord. Yep. Great. The biggest bummer that I feel towards this movie is that it, it's just, it's like, why should anyone that's not us care, right? Right. Like, and that's too bad because it's it's getting pinched in this in-between phase of DC is wrapping up. It's pre-existing projects transitioning into the James Gunn-led projects, and so it feels like it's just it's going to exist, and that's going to be it. Well, I feel like that's too bad if that's the case. They did say Jaime's carry, carrying over. Yeah. So, so there's that gives chance. me some hope. Okay. So okay. I don't think it's going to be all for none. I really hope that's the case. I Now, how much of the story will affect the DCU? That's another question for another time. But <laughs> I think... I think uh, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Any characters, I mean, to me, this would be really surprising if anyone other than the freaking, like, main antagonist dies. Is there anybody that you're going, hey, there, there's probably someone that's getting smoked in this movie? See, that's that's where I'm at. I'm like, I don't, there's not enough for me to, that I know where I'm like, oh, that guy's going to die. Like, the, the main villain might that's die. That's exactly what I mean. Right. But, like. I think it's Arapax or something, but right. also Susan is Susan Sarandon that's in this movie. Correct, as like the main villainess as Victoria Cord, right? So a relative of Ted Cord's. Yep. Oh, she killed Ted then for sure. Well, there's another. You know, there's the. Do we have a Ted Cord confirmed? There's a Jenny Cord in here. There's no Ted Cord casting that's been confirmed, which makes sense. How cool if they just tease him. Yep, you gotta figure he's out there. I feel like he's either he's either like in hiding or dead. Yeah, and I hope he's not dead. Yeah, this no, this feels very uh, very low stakes overall, Um, which I'm okay with. So I I hope it doesn't try and do try and do too much, right? Like don't don't give me don't try and give me oh the world is gonna end kind of stakes. Don't do that. Stay stay grounded. Stay stay centered on the characters. Have it just be inner character conflict. Don't don't give me the nuclear crisis here. I don't think it will. I, I don't think, I think it, will it will be su- either. I think it will succeed in that. I think, it'll, I think it'll just honestly, I think it'll be a lot like Iron Man 1 in the sense of they're just fighting over that, the Blue Beetle tech. Right. I think I'd they be, just, it's I'd a fight okay for the, the Beetle. Yeah, I'd be very okay with that. I think that's good enough. Yeah. 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 I I don't have a whole lot else to say I don't on either. this topic, so I think we just we're in quibble. Over it. <laughs> I agree. I think we're in re- well. I think it's good because I think I that's why our expectations can be set where they're at because we really have no idea what to expect. Yeah, 
I would love to be introduced to a character that at the end of the movie, I go, I would like to see more of that character. For me, that would be a win. If I can go, I want to see more of that. And see, this is where DC, I think, struggles. Mm-hmm. Is they have so many cool and interesting characters yep. that get overshadowed yep. because of one man. And that is Batman. Because if they, it isn't connected to Batman, no one gives a shit. So... I am yeah. a ho- and oh, I love Batman. That's no, honestly I mean, your Batman is, is your point is valid. Is their double edged sword? Yeah. So I'm hoping this is really successful because maybe DC will be open to doing more than just Batman books, right? As two thirds of their comics, right? right. Yeah. There, there's there's more there's more story to be told, more characters to explore. So I love it. Okay, totally agree. Riles, it is time. For another classic JP and the Beans top five. Okay, so let's set the context, the premise, if you will, for this particular top five. So in our dialogue, we have obviously established that, hey, we need some Avengers, right? We need some freaking heroes on the Marvel side. And something that has been sorely lacking since 2019. So again, four freaking years is we don't have an Avengers team. If someone were to say, the Avengers, uh, you well, in blank stares, questions like we don't know. It's kind of crazy now that I think about it. Like you know, we had Nick Fury behind the scenes in the first phase. Yes, nobody was like, you know what, we need to rebuild the Avengers back up. Like they you kind of think that would be a really natural, you know, question to be answered. You right? just, you just have Wong showing up. Uh-huh. That's been our continuum. He's Wong. Yep. And he hasn't done a very good job at gathering adventures. It's not Wong's so far as we know. It's not Wong's not his role, not his fault. Uh, Nick Fury, bud, you dropped the ball here. So we're going to step into the Nick Fury role and go, hey, if we could have our druthers, all right, who would we select? Who would we desire to be the next five core Avengers? All right, so we're trying to save the MCU here. MCU needs Avengers. They are completely, completely without the nexus with which everything else revolves around. So we need to establish that new Avengers team. So we're going to give you our proposed five Avengers. Miles, you go first. At number five, okay, so I was kind of struggling with the fifth one. I'm not going to lie. But I feel like we've lost so many integral, important characters. Yep. In, in in the MCU right now. So I think to add some firepower in the sense of an entire nation behind them, I'm taking Shuri at five. Ooh, good. Which, you know, like I said, I like her character. I think yep. she did good. Yeah. Honestly, if they T'Challa was still around, I'd be taking T'Challa over sure. Shuri. But I look, Shuri, that's Black Panther. We need Black Panther in there. I think it's yep. just good to have Black Panther in there. Right. We need more Black Panther. Right. So, Shuri at number five. Okay. Love that pick. That's fantastic. Um, For me, my number five is going to be, and this is a carryover pick. This is the only carryover pick that I'll do, but it's Ant-Man. I do enjoy Paul Rudd's Ant-Man. Oh, he's fantastic. He, he's outstanding. So, I would take more of him and what he has never yet really had, aside from Endgame, which was more cameo, but he's never had a true run as a, hey man, you're you're an Avenger, right? Like he's had the, he was on Captain America's side in Civil War. 
but he's always been kind of this independent contractor. I'd love to see him get folded into the team proper, like to have a thief on their side. He's got a skill set that I think the Avengers could really benefit from. And I love the variety of skills that he presents, right? right. Not just the small size, the massive size. Um, I would enjoy the comedic relief and the phenomenal skill set that Ant-Man provides. So that's my number five okay. is, uh, is Ant-Man. Okay. Now, number four, I, I want... I want a female in the group. I really had a hard time not, I did too because not doing a huge freaking sausage fest here. I refused to put Captain Marvel in. Correct. Correct. We are. This and is why Wanda's we have a podcast. Dead. Yeah. And, and so I, I kind of oscillated between Wanda because we know she's not really dead. And I enjoy her character a lot. I've loved her character arc. But I think she probably fits best at this point in the anti-hero realm. She needs to be redeemed. Yeah, not pure villain, but she's not in that uh, Avenger spot yet. Um, And she she had her time. Kate Bishop, boy, there's potential there, but I'm not there yet with what we've seen. I'm just not. The character that I have really enjoyed has been Echo. (laughs) I'm really kidding. If I actually, okay, you have my permission, if I ever say that that is different, that I want Echo as an Avenger, you have my permission to kick me out of the podcast. Okay. Okay. So, equivalent of a baseball bat to the head. No, for me, it's Yelena. I would love to see Yelena step in. And and maybe that just feels lazy. It kind of does because, oh, yeah, great. Another Black Widow. Yep, uh, I'm not winning points for originality here, but I enjoy the character of Yelena a lot. Yeah, no, she's well-developed. She is. So, give me freaking Yelena, the Black Widow. So, now the rest of it. Yep. I'm not going to lie. The rest of my list, we need firepower. We need, And by firepower, I mean star power. You need to get some of those. A-tier characters mm-hmm. back in, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. What better way to do that than to get Charlie Cox's Daredevil? Yeah, I love that. Now, yep. is that is that something Daredevil would do? That's a good question. Probably not. Yep, he's but coming in and out, in and out. That, he could potentially be their Green Arrow. Hmm. Like, when Green Arrow gets brought into the Justice League back at the cartoons, they brought him in there because he's grounded. He's, you know what I mean? Like, he's human. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes. And I mean, besides being a billionaire, right? right? Outside right. of that, not he's, your average guy. He's grounded <laughs> in the sense of he's worried about humanity. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that Brings would that be. Perspective. I think that would be a daredevil esque role for, yeah. for that. Yeah. So I'm gonna say daredevil at four, yeah. and at number three. Love that. Number three. This is where we have to pull in the big guns. I'm taking Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a must at this point. Yep. You need somebody that's going to be able to get stuff done. Yep. And right now, I can't I can't think of, like, Hulk's not there. I'm sorry. Hulk's been neutered. Hulk ain't there no more for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like you need somebody who's going to be able to, once he hits the screen, you're like, oh, it's about to go down. Mm-hmm. That used to be the Hulk. And right. now, I think that can be Doctor Strange. Yep. No, I, I love the idea of Doctor Strange in there. So, counterpoint a little bit. My number three is going to be the Hulk um, because I want him to get unneutered real fast. I agree. I want if him. If you can unneuter him, fantastic. Right. I want whatever. And here's all it would take. And I don't think this would necessarily. 
necessarily be believable. I mean, it makes it believable. But here's all I've got so far is whatever Banner did to corral the Hulkness, right, to combine the brains and the brawn, it needs to be undone, right? The Hulkness, in other words, overwhelms the brain and takes back over. We need the Jekyll and Hyde dynamic because I think back and we we've talked about this before so we won't go too far down this rabbit hole but good grief the 2012 Avengers movie rushed the portrayal of the Hulk we haven't seen that fun that great of a Hulk for that extended period of time like we've seen teases a little bit in Age of Ultron a little bit in Thor Ragnarok Age of Ultron a Hulkbuster versus the Hulk was fantastic yep but I'm but I want Hulk smashing Here's my personal preference. I want Hulk smashing the bad guys. Right. I from agree. start to finish. I so I totally agree. Great scene. So I want Hulk hulking out against the bad guys. Just a selfish personal preference. He was phenomenal in Ragnarok. But again, brief. Like, give me more. So we had a lot of Hulk fighting Iron Man, a lot of Hulk fighting Thor. I want Hulk smashing the bad guys just ruthlessly. So totally agree. Has he been neutered? Yes. I want him redeemed. He's still out there. I want him part of the group. Well, number two is also Doctor Strange. Like, talk about another character that when he has been allowed to just, like, flex, like flex, he has flexed well. And even the multiverse of madness, like, when he was able to, to do his thing, to, to show off his abilities, I enjoyed the heck out of that part of the movie. That was great. And so the powerhouse... Bring him on board. Give me some Doctor Strange. And I don't think he's ever been actually challenged yet. Oh, man. Not even with, like, Thanos did I feel like, oh, he's overwhelmed. You know? That is one of my favorite Marvel scenes is the Thanos and Doctor Strange duel in Infinity War. That's outstanding. Give me more of that. All right. Yes. So now these last two picks are very new Avengers vibes. Brian Michael Bendis. At number two, I want Wolverine. Yep. We need an X-Men. Yep. Establish that you have the X-Men. Yep. Who's the face of the X-Men? Mm-hmm. Wolverine. Freaking Wolverine, man. It's Wolverine. Okay. You're, he's going to come in there. It would be fantastic. He's not afraid to kill. You know, he's going to get it done. And it's Wolverine. Yep. So to me, you put him on there because he's going to be a moneymaker. Mm-hmm. This is your A-tier character. Mm-hmm. And you get the mutants involved with the Avengers, and I think that's important. Agreed. So Agreed. And my number one, this to me is a no-brainer. You need to get Spider-Man. Now, I know that we just got him out of the mindset of being with the Avengers, and now that he's done, but I think you give him a little bit of time, okay, Mm -hmm. and he comes back on the Avengers, but reluctantly, I think that's perfect. Yep. None of them know who he is, right? right. There's no pre-existing understanding of who he is as a character or as Peter Parker. There's nobody more A-tier. Yeah. Scratch A-tier. What? Spider-Man is S-tier. Okay? He's the best of the best. Yeah. That's just how, yeah. how it is, okay? Yeah. I would love classic. That's what it feels like. It feels like we're finally getting classic Spidey yeah. with Tommy. If he comes it's back. set up. It's, I, will we get it? I don't know, but it's set up. I think it would be phenomenal. Yep. Now, obviously, on top of all that, I think having some of those OG Avengers to kind of like give it a veteran presence, yep. bring back Hawkeye, bring right. back, right. if we get a Savage Hulk, that'd be fantastic. Having Falcon or 
Falcon as Captain America now right. be your another veteran presence? I think that's all you would have to do to be. Yeah, like, there's plenty. Right, there's plenty of supplementary characters in there. Oh, for but sure. Who's your but, core? Yes. Right? Yeah. For me, my number one is Wolverine. Oh yeah. That's that's my number one. And part of where I've struggled here in making this top five is well, who? What made that initial core of Avengers so phenomenal in the initial decade was the leadership tension and dynamic between Tony and the. I had to choke on some water there. Yeah, Tony and Cap. Uh, and so I'm trying to think through, like, well, what would the leadership dynamic be here? I think it would be pretty phenomenal to watch Doctor Strange and Wolverine argue over what to do. Right? I think that would be great. Well, that's why I'd like Spider-Man and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I just got done reading that mm-hmm. issue with Wolverine and Spider-Man. Yep. Back in, like, the 80s. Yep. Where they're, like... They're very different people, and it works really, really well. So, yeah, for sure. Because Wolverine is kind of, he's just that angst incarnate. Like, because he is, he's the worst follower ever. Because no matter what you tell him, and if you're in the role of leadership and Wolverine's on your team, you're like, all right, Logan, here's what we're going to do. He's going to tell you, that's stupid. Every time. Even if it's a good plan. Like, it doesn't matter. He's never going to throw you the bone and go, yep, good idea. I'm on board. He's He's a contrarian. He just has to go against the flow, right? And so I would love it if Doctor Strange is trying to take charge. He's like, fine, all right, you come up with the plan. And then he's kind of, you know, Wolverine is put on the spot of, all right, man, take charge, take the lead. I would love to see him forced to make the decision. I think there could be a really enjoyable dynamic there where he makes the decision, maybe earns a little, you know, of empathy that he didn't expect for Dr. Grange of, okay, you know what? Your idea actually wasn't terrible, but also it sucks. So here's my idea that's better. I, I think there could be some fun, a very different than Tony and Cap dynamic where you have two non-traditional leaders, let's call them, in Dr. Strange and Wolverine, but I'd be all for it. I'd be all for it. I think I think those two together would be a lot more aggressive too. I don't. Right? I don't think they're. They There's would, not a whole lot of strategery going on here. No, I think they would not be afraid to get rid of somebody. Hulk and Wolverine on the same team. Hulk. Yeah. Hulk sure. will be Doc Strange. Those three do not care if anyone dies. No, people are dying. No, that's a lot of people are dying. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, they'll definitely have to be wrangled in for mm-hmm. sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's. Yep. We just need Wolverine. I think that's what we've come down to. We need Wolfie. Don't we, though? You need... Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's just you need those A-tier guys. Totally agree. I I totally agree. And we've talked about this, and then I know we need to wrap up. But, man, like, you can do some great things with B and C-list characters. You absolutely can because they are worthwhile. They should be explored. But they can't carry shows. They can't carry movies on their own. They are those supplementary supporting characters for a reason. Like you have to give them the foundation that they can exist on, that they can stand on, which is they're in the world with the A-list character. That character has to be there, has to at least be a presence. And then you can branch off, but you always have to come back to that main, that main thread of the A-list characters. You just do. Um, and it, it just continues to bamboozle me. Like if you're Marvel, as soon as you, as soon as Endgame wrapped up, you had the rights to the X Men. You've got Fantastic Four. Like you've got, you've got everybody. And you're rolling out Moon Knight, She Hulk, Shang Chi. 
Are you trying to like give DC a chance? It's tough. It is tough. So, hey, that's enough of me being in negative town. Anything else you got for the that's, good people? That's it. That's great. That was great. That was awesome. I think we're done. That was awesome. Huh? That felt that felt therapeutic. It needed to happen. Well, it's good. I think we need to sleep now. Agreed. So, if you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, share with share with the people of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us on Instagram, JP and the Beans Talk. Follow us on the TikTok at Magic Beans Productions, and follow us on. That's it. Is that it? Sounds it. Let's say that that's okay. it. That's it. And uh, I don't feel like plugging the rest. So, <laughs> on that note, I'll speed. Peace.